0: The Lord be with you. Oh, reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. The rulers sneered at Jesus and said, "He saved others, let him save Himself if He is the chosen one, the Christ of God." Even the soldiers jeered at him. As they approached to offer him wine, they called out, If you are king of the Jews, save yourself. Above him there was an inscription that read, This is the king of the Jews. Now one of the criminals hanging there reviled Jesus, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. The other, however, rebuking him, said in reply, Have you no fear of God? For you are subject to the same condemnation. And indeed, we have been condemned justly, for the sentence we received corresponds to our crimes, but this man has done nothing criminal. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He replied to him, Amen, I say to you. Today you will be with me in paradise. The Gospel of the Lord. So today, like I said, we're celebrating Jesus Christ, King of the universe. And we hear about his death. That doesn't make a lot of sense. See, so, you know, it's like when you look in those, uh, those uh, any movie that has like a king. The king is dead. Long live the king. You know, there's like a new king. They have a new crown. It's like the king is dead. Long live the king. It's like Jesus is dying, but long live the king. And, and Jesus has a, a kingdom a throne, a title that goes beyond anything of this earth. We, we know that, we hear that, but do we fully grasp that? Now last week, talking a lot about like, what has our focus, talking a lot about what has our attention, what is it that we are choosing to give our time to our talent our treasure you know we're not going to give it to the things that we don't deem as important we're going to give it to the things that we have value towards things that we see as purposeful we have even passion towards and and that has to continue because now the next question is after we look at what has our focus we then say what do i choose to invest in what do i choose to put my life stock into. What do I choose to uh, hand over and and to say like this is my commitment, my time. That's really what this change of the liturgical season does for us. It makes us evaluate and reevaluate where we've been and where we wanna go to. It makes us contemplate not just on like what we do in like the the civil society of like the new year, like oh I have my New Year's resolutions, but in a liturgical sense we're entering into something new when we move into Advent. We are preparing now for the birth of Jesus. But the whole, the whole year ends by talking about his kingship and his death. And so what's fascinating, if you think about it, is Jesus crushes stereotypes. He just crushes the stereotypes. Because my stereotypical thought would be, the king is going to live forever and be glorified, and it's going to be a happy Disney ending. And that's not the case today. Instead, you have this scene where everyone's jeering at him. They're, they're making fun of him. They're laughing at him. And it's like, here he is at his probably most lowest point, just helpless on a cross, trying to gasp for breath, dying slowly. And they're like, "He The said he's a king. <laughs> not. Like that's what's happening here, and like the bystanders were like, you know, if, if it doesn't fire us up, like, how dare they? That's my king. Like, I wanna, I wanna do something, but who was, who was there at the scene? Just Mary, just John. The others ran away out of fear. One of them betrayed him and killed himself. Everyone else is just there, downcasting him. and yet there's this thief who shares in the same punishment, same horrible situation, and this one thief says, Jesus, uh, fix this. I don't want to die. Right? Like the, the bad thief. The other one doesn't make any type of demand, doesn't beg anything of Jesus. He acknowledges his own fault, first of all. He's like, we've been condemned justly this man, he's done nothing. Jesus, if the best Jesus, I don't need anything from you but I just have one favor. Just remember me. Because I know where you're going. I, I believe you're the Messiah. You're going to the ultimate kingdom and if you're the king there remember me. Because what can a king do? A king can call forward his subjects. A king can bring life to the kingdom. So now where am I investing? Where am I investing myself, my time, my energy, all this stuff as I go into Advent, as I acknowledge to this this king that is Jesus? That that line, remember me, is a really powerful prayer for us. To be able to to just show ourselves to him, just to be present, just to present ourselves to him in a humble way, say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I screw up. I make mistakes. But I know who you are. I know what you're capable of. I know what you long for for me. So one thing, remember me. Remember me. That's such a beautiful concept, the idea that Jesus... Who is this, again, not just king of, you know, this little area in, in Jerusalem. He's not a king of, like, he's the king of the cosmos. You know, the, the sun that we see, the, the galaxies that we, we live in. Yeah, he's the king of all of that. And still he, he looks at us by name and says, I call you, I remember you. That's, that's deep. So when we, we present ourselves in this way to him, like, Lord, remember me. We, we acknowledge that we need him. One of the, the beauties that I, I think of, of winter, one of my favorite things about winter is, is waking up after a really great snowfall, going outside when it's still just a little little dark, the sun's just kind of peaking, it's not bright yet, and your eyes aren't burning from the snow, and you sit and you listen to the uncommon silence. Especially if you live somewhere far away, like you're out in, you're out in nature, like snow has the way of just muffling down all the noise. And that silence, while it can be kind of unnerving, is really important and it's really beautiful because it's in the silence that Jesus speaks the loudest sometimes to us. It's in the silence when I'm away from all the noise that I can, I can hear him with maybe a greater clarity. I talk to a lot of people that like to go hunting and that's one of the things they mention all the time is silence, like the, the beauty of the silence in nature. This Advent season is the opportunity for us to enter into a new type of silence. Now, it's not going to necessarily mean that we're always devoid of noise, right? Like, again, we have a train that goes by at random times and blows a really crazy horn. We've got kids here who are crying, and, and that's a good thing. We're not upset about this, right? Right. We like, we like the kids. We like the crazy. We like that. So it's not always going to be zero noise. But the silence is more of the things of the world. Can we avoid, or not necessarily ignore, but do we, do we not pay attention to the jeers? Do we not, do we choose to not uh, dive into the, the crazy political agendas? Do we, do we choose to turn away from the divisiveness that the world tries to create and enter into a place of silence to be in close intimacy with Jesus. That's really what Advent's doing for us, is providing that space. And in that silence, we discover a lot about ourselves. It's a great place to to call to mind, you know, the errors that we've made. It's a great place to to talk to Him about the things we're thankful for. It's a great place to just sit and be especially when we're always in this mode of go, go, go. One, one challenge, the greatest challenge I think that we face right now is people already have Christmas stuff up. Now, as you come to, to get to know me, I love Christmas. It's a great season. I'm all about it. But I've really learned, especially in my, my short years as a priest and a little bit longer as a, as a Catholic, the importance of Advent. I can't rush to the Christmas celebration without going through the penance of Advent. And this is what I learned from from my my former pastor. Uh, There's a parish family that would always come and bring a Christmas tree uh, to the rectory the day after Thanksgiving. And, And it was like, that was their thing. They did that. And then I was responsible for watering the tree all season long, so that was fun. It's not... But the tree was never decorated after Thanksgiving. It was just up. And once December started, once, one, once a day, Father Dan would take one of his little paper ornaments out and he would just hang it on the tree. And it wasn't until Christmas Eve that we would decorate it because he really wanted to embrace the Advent season. For us, the question is, how do we enter into Advent. How do we enter into silence? How do we allow this uh, investment to start to pay dividends? Two suggestions. One, if, if it's been a while since you've been to confession, go. Go to confession during the season of Advent. I know there are people that have been making confession a weekly practice. That's awesome. People have been coming every couple of weeks or once a month. Like People are starting to, to re, regain routines and it's really beautiful. But if it's been a while, this is the season. There's, there's no more delay. There's no more, I'll wait until, no. This is the final, like, invitation, like, come to confession. Jesus wants to give you mercy, love, and forgiveness. The confessional's back there. I have probably the coolest confessional because now I have the little lights, the green and the red lights. I never had those at St. Vincent's. It drove me bonkers because nobody knew when the do- like, they were able to come in or not. Green light, go. Red light, stop. It's pretty simple. Um, But I'm here. Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, Saturdays. I'm here. I'm ready. Give yourself the gift of confession. That's the first thing. Second, invest in the silence. Invest in the time to just come into the church when there's no one here and, and just be with him. Invest in... Adoration on Fridays. Invest in um, alone time with Jesus. The final—I guess I had three for you. This is actually the homework, so you get homework tonight. When you get home, on a piece of paper or any note card, um, write write this down. It, it's essentially just a question, but you have to start by saying. Jesus, I give you permission. Because Jesus never forces himself. That's, that's the beauty of who he is. He never forces anything on us. He, everything is a choice. So we start by saying, Jesus, I give you permission. In fact, let's just say that. Jesus, I give you permission. All right, so now you're kind of locking it into your brain. And then, and then the next part is just the question or, or, or the permission for whatever it is. Like Jesus, I give you permission. enter my heart. Jesus, I give you permission to help me find silence. Jesus, I I give you permission to enter my heart. Um, Can you help me find silence? Like, whatever you want to put down on the card, put down. It it starts with the permission, and then it, and it follows by the, the statement. Um, And then I would encourage you to take that and put it behind your crucifix that hangs in your home, or, or or underneath one. And if you want to be so bold, you can even come and bring it here at the foot of the altar. I'll come in throughout the week, check and make sure that they're protected and safe. But confession, silence, and permission uh, are really the, the gifts of what we provide today to the Lord um, and provide to ourselves. So may this Advent season be one of great preparation uh, as we prepare for the coming of the birth of Christ and may our celebration of Him and His kingship be a reminder that we Our royalty.